Welcome to the Investor Download, the podcast about the themes driving markets and the economy now and in the future. I'm your host, David Brett. Anyone who's travelled to the US in the last six months will have felt the pain of paying high prices. The equivalent of £5.30 for a gallon of petrol, £10.50 for a pint of beer, or a personal one, £132 for a meal for two in a pizza joint. Part of the reason the US is so expensive right now, particularly to visitors, is because of the strength of the US dollar. The US dollar hit a two-decade high on Monday. Meanwhile, the US dollar has surged to a 20-year high against a basket of currencies. The US dollar index, which actually measures the dollar against six other peers, has surged to that 20-year high. And it's come as a surprise to some, confounding expectations that the world's largest economy might be about to slip into recession. So why is the dollar so strong? Should we worry? And how can investors make the most of its strength? That's coming up on the show. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, you're listening to the Investor Download. In the last year, the US dollar has gained around 20% against the British pound and the Japanese yen. And it cleared a huge psychological hurdle by breaching parity with the euro. Anything we buy in dollars is much more expensive than it was 12 months ago. If there's an explanation as to why inflation is running wild around the world, then the strength of the US dollar is part of that explanation. But why is the US dollar so strong when many were, and most still are, fearing a recession? I mean, obviously, it's, it's extremely topical. Lots of people are very focused on it um, for, for good reason. That's Robbie Bookerfane, fixed income portfolio manager at Schroders. I think that if I just break it down, so firstly, you know, the way we think about things is that the dollar strength is a symptom of global risk aversion. Um, why is this the case? I mean, just to break that down, I think that the dollar smile framework is something we consider to, to be relevant. And essentially, you know, that is a function of what macro scenarios does the dollar perform well in? Um, the right hand side of the smile. Is, is where there's typically US exceptionalism, US outperformance. And arguably, you know, we've been in that for a, a couple of years where, you know, the US has outperformed the rest of the world, uh, more broadly speaking. Um, however, you know, I think that particularly um, throughout 2022, we've started to move to the left-hand side of the dollar smile. And just to elaborate on that point, the left-hand side of the dollar smile is where the global economy is slowing, and investors run to the dollar as a safe haven currency. Um, there remain trillions of dollars of onshore liabilities for overseas investors. And typically, when the global economy is slowing, and when there's a lot of macro and geopolitical uncertainty, investors and corporates alike will hoard dollars. And I think that's, what we, that's, that, that's the environment we've been in. Um, and I think that given half two looks challenging, that, that's the environment we will generally remain in. So when times are good, it's good news for the US dollar. And when times are bad, well, that too seems to be good news for the US dollar. Add into that mix, the US central bank, the Federal Reserve, is raising interest rates aggressively to bring inflation under control. And they're not the only ones. So how much impact does the Fed raising rates have on dollar strength? So I think it's actually all quite circular. So, you know, in the sense that 
there are many central banks that have been moving interest rates to neutral or, or racing to get interest rates to neutral to combat global inflationary pressures that we're seeing. And you saw it with emerging market um, central banks last year. They've been really, really ahead of the curve. And this year, you're seeing, you're seeing it from developed market central banks. We're coming on the air with breaking news. Yeah, breaking news. The decision is in. Seconds ago, the Federal Reserve is, in fact, raising interest rates by three quarters of a percentage point. The Bank of Canada took another aggressive step in its hiking cycle, raising the overnight interest rate by 50 basis points. We also have some breaking news out of Europe. Maybe you want to respond to it. The Bank of England raising its interest rate by half a point. The headline grab is that they hiked 50 basis points. This is the first hike of that magnitude they've done since 1995. And it also it will be more forceful, if needed, to tackle inflation. There is no doubt that the fact that the Federal Reserve are all in on regaining price stability, that this is adding to bond volatility and um, causing a risk premium to be priced into the dollar. So by price stability, we mean basically getting inflation under control by raising interest rates. Raising interest rates causes volatility in bond markets because when rates rise, bond prices fall and vice versa. And the risk premium being placed on the US dollar, that's the price investors are willing to pay to invest in the dollar when the outlook is uncertain. The fact that the, the Federal Reserve are the central bank for the world. So given that they are tightening policy so aggressively, this has consequences for the rest of the world and actually aggravates the slower global growth um, issues that we're seeing. I mean, there's a couple of things to pick out on that. Firstly, you know, financial conditions for the US have tightened aggressively. I don't think we've ever seen the, veloc the velocity of move that we've seen um, since the turn of the year. I mean, it really started in March. That's when it really got going. And so, you know, that feeds into a slower US economy and also a slower glo global economy. And a stronger dollar really does... Um, play a part amongst other asset classes in tightening financial conditions. Um, and yeah, just, just a, you know, a further point, just on the bond volatility, you know, I think the markets are, you know, have completely underestimated you know, how far the Federal Reserve are willing to go to sort of combat the domestic inflation pressures that we're seeing. Um, and I think that's been an issue with, with sort of markets as well, the, you know, the fact that they've underestimated this. To exacerbate matters, much of what we buy is priced in dollars. Petrol and most commodities, such as metals and timber, are usually traded in US dollars, although there are exceptions. So when the dollar gets stronger, these items cost much more in local currency. If interest rates keep rising and the dollar keeps strengthening, that makes it even more expensive to buy those assets. So if the market is underestimating just how far the Fed is willing to go by using interest rates to crush inflation, should we be worried about its effect on the broader economy? That's coming up after the break. Get in touch with us by email at shorterspodcasts at shorters.com or visit our website shorters.com forward slash investor download. The Fed has been aggressive in its rate raising actions. Part of the reason it can be so aggressive is because the economy is relatively insular. 
For instance, imports accounted for just under 15% of GDP, while exports accounted for just under 12%, according to the World Bank data in 2019. Compare that with Germany, where imports are 41% of GDP and exports nearly 47%. However, the Fed's aggressive stance on interest rates could tip the economy into recession. And because the US economy is so big, as the old saying goes, when the US economy sneezes, the world catches a cold. So should we be concerned? You know, I think the interest rate sensitive parts of the economy in the US and, and, and everywhere, everywhere that's tightening, um, are seeing demand destruction. With the fears of recession coming about, the global economic slowdown that we are talking about, the weak Chinese demand, the flare-up of COVID cases there has all together pushed several commodities from crude oil to copper to even nickel or palm oil and even cotton. What matters now is that oil's down big, gasoline's down big, and you can now buy all sorts of stocks that benefit from cheaper fuel. There are more signs of crack showing in the housing market with new home sales down sharply in July. And at the same time, we're seeing prices starting to ease in some areas of the rental market. You can you can see that, you know, the, the interest rate sensitive parts of the economy are under pressure. The forward looking consumer expectations have been under pressure for a, for a while. And that's not just the US, that's it across many economies. Arguably, we are in a consumer recession already across many geographies. The Fed are definitely trying to engineer a soft landing. You know, they They've been quite vocal that, you know, demand destruction for goods uh, and housing is something they want to achieve to bring down those, you know, stickier elements of, of, of inflation. Um, however, you know, if you look at where the Fed projects inflation to be, um, history is never a soft landing has never been achieved. A soft landing for the economy is one where we avoid recession. The Fed expects the Personal Consumption Expenditures Price Index, or PCE, to moderate at 5.2% this year, 2.6% next year, and 2.2% in 2024. However, if inflation continues at its current growth trend, PCE inflation will hit 7% in 2022. So the issue the Federal Reserve have is to, to and obviously it's political in the US as well, Right. And so I think that's an important factor here. I mean, Biden, uh, President Biden has been under real pressure because of because of higher inflation. And, you know, I don't think there's a newspaper in the world that isn't talking about the cost of living crisis. So, you know, I think the Federal Reserve are trying to engineer a soft landing. But the thing that markets are grappling with and and, and a, a big question for half two is, do we actually move into a hard landing because of all the tightening that's been implemented? Um, and just one more point to add to that. We've got to the point where, you know, not not tightening, you know, not raising rates by 100 basis points, but 75 is actually, you know, soothe markets in the very short term, which seems ironic to me because, you know, quantity tightening has only just is only just started. And so, you know, some will say that, you know, that the, the Fed's balance sheet is now at nine trillion. You know, why, why shouldn't it be, you know, three or four trillion lower? Uh, compared to where we were pre-pandemic, but quantitative tightening is an experiment in any in any macro environment. And I think the problem here is that we have a slowing global economy, and as well as the rate hiking cycle, you now have the quantitative tightening for the for the world to digest. And it remains to be seen the impact that has 
on economic growth, but also liquidity for markets as well. So what does all this mean for investments? That's coming up in the final part of the show. At the moment, our, our highest uh, conviction is that, you know, there, there's troubling signs ahead for the global economy still. It really, it really is predicated on the fact that, you know, you have this sort of consumer uh, recession, lower real incomes um, are, are a feature across many geographies, again, in particular in the US. And the Federal Reserve are going to find it very hard to engineer a soft landing. So we think that inflation is obviously the issue here. Ultimately, the Fed's objective is to bring down inflation. Um, but, but in the interim, we will see sort of higher unemployment rates um, and, and, and the markets move towards more of a hard landing scenario. With the outlook uncertain, Booker Fain says investors should consider taking a more defensive stance. That might mean adopting a dollar bias, certainly against some commodity currencies where we're already seeing some demand destruction. And with troubling signs ahead for the economy, bonds remain a good option. You know, we remain, you know, optimistic on the bond market. You know, we think that the pendulum has been very much on inflation year to date. But given the actions of the Fed, they they will get hold of inflation. Inflation will start moving lower, but the pendulum will then swing to growth. And in that environment, as the markets focus on the downside, um, the growth outcomes and scenarios, the duration will start to perform as we move into, uh, you know, half two more materially. And so that that is all, all a factor at play. And I think that, you know, there's, there's risk premium in the dollar because of that. As I mentioned earlier, the dollar smile. The cash curves have started to flatten. And there's a lot of correlation between some of these uh, asset classes as well. So whether it be long dollar, uh, short risk in terms of short equities or short credit uh, and flattening in, of yield curves. They're essentially all, you know, uh, you know, different avenues of the uh, to express the same macro thing. Here's what else investors are talking about. The US Federal Reserve has raised the target range for its main policy interest rate fivefold in the past four months, which has lit up the Schroeder's recession dashboard. It's now flashing red, warning of an imminent downturn in the world's largest economy. The blistering pace of US interest rate rises is taking effect, supporting the belief a US recession is the likely outcome. You can read the full article by searching Schroeder's Recession Dashboard, Why We're On High Alert, or by visiting schroeders.com forward slash insights, where you can read, watch and listen to much, much more. Well, that was the show. We very much hope you enjoyed it. If you want to find out more, check out our website, schroders.com forward slash the investor download. You can also get in contact with us about anything in the show or ideas for future shows at schroderspodcast at schroders.com. 
please remember to subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review. We're now doing one show a week, which will be available every Thursday from 5pm UK time. Thanks very much for listening, but above all, keep safe and go well. Cheers. The value of investments and the income from them may go down as well as up, and investors may not get back the amounts originally invested. Past performance is not a guide to future performance. The information is not an offer, solicitation or recommendation of any funds, services or products, or to adopt any investment strategy.